0: The
1: going on, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Draft Film Room and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. You can find me, well, you can find me on Twitter right now because... Uh, screw the internet. That's why, but I'll give you other ways to contact me. You can contact the show, uh, draft film room, NFL at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, uh, if you want to support the show and you're like, Hey, I got some extra money in my pocket. I don't really know what to do with it. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash draft filmroom. Uh, sign up. It helps us pay for oh, helps me uh, pay for the uh, film and other things that I have access to, to help make these episodes better. So, if you're so inclined, go check that out. Thank you guys so much, by the way. If you're on uh, Apple, rate the show, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we've seen steady growth since we started this podcast about six weeks ago. So I'm really excited to continue to dive into it. And today, we are back with a full first round mock and I'm bringing in my first guest mock drafter of the off season. So uh, he's uh, a co-host over at the Dogland podcast and the uh, draft mock draft expert for uh dog by nature, Mr. Jackson McCur- McCurry. How's it going, buddy?
0: It's going great, man. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, I've been listening. I appreciate the work you're putting in, man. Always appreciate the work you've put in and uh, thank you so much for having me
1: on. I'm really excited, man. We've talked about this, trying to get our schedules to link up and some stuff and get ready for this. So um, I, I'm just so excited uh, to to do these mocks just because I did one of them a couple of weeks ago by myself and I got to put everything in place. Well, this time I've got to, and you do too, have to deal with the other person's picks, so to speak, and, being, and, and potentially sniping people because we know maybe the other person might want to take there and be like, you're not getting a quarterback, you know? So it's really excited uh, beforehand. We talked about it. You'll have uh, odds. I'll have evens. You told me you're going to spice this thing up. So let's go off the top, man. You're on the clock with, uh, with the Chicago bears. We do have trades by the way. We, I'm, I'm cool with trades. If you want to do trades at any point, uh, if you don't, that's fine too. So I'll throw you on the clock, man.
0: All right. So, we're going to start with Chicago. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, they move on from Justin Fields, go in another direction. I'm still a believer in Justin Fields. I'm going to get him another weapon to pair him alongside DJ Moore. We're going to go with Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. He reunites with Justin Fields, two Buckeyes in the Windy City.
1: That is really fun because of the three quarterback situation. Like because there's three quarterbacks and then there's like a drop-off, right? And so now that becomes really interesting because there's some teams outside of the top five. Um, like, you know, the Giants at six and Atlanta at eight in particular that that need quarterbacks only, well, even Tennessee at seven. That's interesting because They got Greg Roman in town. They had Greg Roman in town to potentially uh, see about their offensive coordinator position. A Greg Roman coming to Chicago is, to me, an indication that they would keep Justin Fields. So if they do hire Greg Roman, which at the time of this recording they haven't done, that might tell you that this is probably going to happen, and uh, that's – exciting. Um, Washington on the clock at number two, definitely need a quarterback. I, they've started doing their interviews. It makes a lot of sense here. If uh, they get like a Ben Johnson, or I know they've, they're interested in Bobby Slowick down in Houston as well. And some guys like that. And if you get a bright young offensive mind and pair him with a bright young quarterback, uh, especially like if you do it with Slowick, who's doing it with a rookie right now, And then you potentially are just like, hey, man, can you redo that over here with us? It's like, oh, that's very interesting. I'm very excited about that. So for me, it's Caleb Williams. I know that uh, the thing about Caleb Williams is he didn't really improve in 2023 on the things we wanted him to do, like inside structure and everything. But his ability to create in chaos and outside of structure is just Second to none in this class, even though Jane, Jane Daniels is nipping on his heels. I think Jane Daniels has a tremendous amount of upside. I think Caleb Williams just a little bit more refined, even though he's not a refined product. But for me, it's a, it's a no brainer. No matter who it is, it's either Drake May or Caleb Williams in my mind. Although some people are talking about Jane Daniels uh, jumping um, Drake May, which is interesting. So I'll take I'll take Caleb Williams at number two and throw you back on the clock with the Bill Belichick list. Uh, New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, so we got a new start there. Gerard Mayo uh, is the successor to Bill Belichick. Uh, He did hint in a, I think it was an in-house interview, that they were going to take the best player available. You know their quarterback situation is a bit of a mess with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Uh, So it's a new, fresh start there in New England. So you might as well go ahead and get a fresh new quarterback uh, to start that new, whole new era with Gerard Mayo. I'm going to go Drake May have liked him for a long time, uh, you know, going back to last year when we watched Josh Downs during the pre-draft process. Drake May, br- brand-new start in New England. He's their Here's their franchise going forward.
1: When you want a quarterback in those states, you want a quarterback with a howitzer for an arm, and that's exactly what Drake May has on his yes, right arm. Yes, very much so. <laughs> and that ball just jumps off of his hands. All right. So Arizona's on the clock. Arizona's got picks four. And currently here's the thing. It wasn't the teens forever, but now with Houston advancing currently with the playoffs still at it, they have picks four and 27, which is, which is wildly different than what we had been mocking for the last month or so. uh, If you've been, you know, doing those sort of mocks. So that's really interesting uh, from that side of the point of view. So here's where, I start to to wonder because if Marvin Harrison's here, if the quarterbacks go one, two, three, and Marvin Harrison is still here, it, it's a no brainer that Arizona takes Marvin Harrison and, and finally and gives Kyler Murray a, a number one. I'm tempted to jump a quarterback. I'm tempted to trade back here with Arizona and, you know, the giants are looking for a quarterback Titans The Falcons, I even think at 11 is very interesting. That 11, uh, Minnesota is interesting. But I don't, with the pick falling so much further into 27 and probably, so it's, I think that's like as high as it can be is like 27. I don't know that they are going to risk missing out on one of these top tier wide receivers and Malik neighbors is the best separator in this draft. In my opinion, Uh, and he's just incredibly explosive. So for me, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to risk losing out on an offensive. I, I could go an offensive lineman, but I just really think that Malik neighbors is just a fantastic player and getting him for Kyler Murray would really be a step in the direction they need to take. So I will shake it up and still leave Jaden Daniels on the clock and, and I'll take uh, Malik neighbors. Number four.
0: So so I have the Los Angeles Chargers here at five. We're expecting this is going to be Jim Harbaugh leading that organization moving forward. This is a team that's going to be fascinating in the offseason because they have a lot of big contracts that they can get out of. Uh, They have a ton of needs. Uh, They don't need offensive tackle, so you could throw out Joe Alt right now. Um, They drafted Quentin Johnson last year, so they have their wide receiver of the future. Uh, They could get rid of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams if they want to this offseason. So I'm going to go with another big weapon for Justin Herberts. We're going to go tight end Brock Bowers. Uh, He's always been like a consensus top five player. Uh, Obviously had an injury plagued year this past year for Georgia, but he is still uh, an elite weapon and he's going to be great with Justin Herbert in Southern California.
1: I love that. I love that because if you don't take him there, it kind of becomes hard to place him after that. Like, yeah, very much so. It's like, but I keep taking him there almost every mock I do. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take him there because he makes your run game better because he's a hell of a blocker too. Like people people talk about the weapon that he is, but he's a hell of a blocker. Um, if this falls the way it is falling right here, it, it's a no-brainer for the New York Giants, man. Uh, you got to go get your quarterback. You got to get Jaden Daniels. There is an out in Daniel Jones' contract. I've talked to some people and looked at it, and it feels like... Even if you take Jaden Daniels, you could keep Daniel Jones for a year or so, um, depending on how you want to manipulate the cap in in kind of expecting Daniel Jones. Because you you know as well as I do, the more time a contract goes, the more cuttable that contract becomes. So if you potentially want to try to kind of figure it out, maybe bring Jaden Daniels along a little bit slowly. I think it's no brainer because from Jaden, I like Michael Penix and Bo Nix, but there is a massive drop off there. So give me Jaden Daniels, who I think was easily the most electric player in college football this year. So a little bit smaller of a player, but you know, Dable, uh, he can figure some things out and run an offense. And if you can imagine giving a toy like that to Brian Dable, it's, uh, it's very exciting to me. So I'll take Jaden Daniels uh, number six.
0: So I got Tennessee at 7. It seems like I'm getting all the uh the teams that are going to have new coaches and fresh new starts. Um we don't know who the Titans head coach is yet, but we do know that they have a quarterback in place with Will Levis. Uh, he did show some potential his rookie year. You have DeAndre Hopkins there for another year. Uh but outside of that, you know Derrick Henry's moving on. They need weapons and and talent to go around. Um but they also need some offensive line help. You know, Taylor Lewan retired a year ago. They did draft Peter Skaranski, but let's solidify that offensive line. Tackle Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, best prospect on the board right now. Helps solidify that offensive line and gives uh, Will Levis some much more added protection up front.
1: Doesn't the the pick to the Titans almost seem like one of the easiest as long as one of those tackles are there? Oh, like- very much so. You're like, there's some, because I think there's like five first round tackles in this class at least. And you're just like, yeah, man, if, if all and Fashano is off the board, I think they'll just be like, yeah, we'll, we'll take Talise Villaga. Like we don't care. Like we just, our tackles are both like just really, really bad. Atlanta for the third straight year is picking number eight. This is the most bizarre thing ever. And something I did not think I would say until today, it's becoming very apparent. I think Bill Belichick's the next head coach in Atlanta. And I did not see this coming. So originally my thought is add more weapons, um, add, add a weapons with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson. But if you kind of shift and you get Bill Belichick, they don't have a very good pass rush in Atlanta. And my thought is, like, pass rush, defensive back play, they're very well known. Bill Belichick is very well known for always having some of the best defensive backs and finding the best defensive backs in drafts. It's just like they would move on from, you know, you could list, go down a list of guys that were all pro corners that they never paid any of them because they just knew they would redraft they would just draft a replacement they didn't give a shit they, were, right. <laughs> they weren't gonna pay any of these corners they were just gonna move on uh and for me the number one corner for me is Nate Wiggins from Clemson and looking at it I like the I like Dallas Turner I like Leatu Latu uh the edge rushers but I think if Bill sticks true to who I think he is and where he coaches best on the defensive side of the ball, he's going to look for a guy that can help shut some things down. And for me, that's Nate Wiggins, uh, the cornerback from Clemson. I'll take him at number eight.
0: And I'm up again with the Chicago Bears <laughs> uh, who had the ninth pick. They had the number one pick. Um, so now you look, they need help. Up front on the defensive side of the ball uh, It makes all the sense in the world They go right down the road to to Champaign and they take Jerzon Newton defense, Interior defensive lineman for Illinois is They got to start building the trenches Because that's the, the monsters of the midway That's what the Bears got to do They got to build it up on both sides They're doing a good job on the offensive side It's time to revamp that defensive side with uh, Newton
1: Yeah especially Especially with uh. uh why can't I f- think of S- Sweat's first name? Montez. Uh, Montez. Why in the world can I not think of his first Yeah, Montez Sweat, who led two teams in sacks this year, which is the most bizarre statistic. <laughs> that I've ever heard. Uh, it, it falls like this. I think it's a slam dunk for the Jets. Uh, it's Olu Fashano for me, uh, the Penn state uh, tackle him and Joe Alt will spend probably this entire off season going from tackle one to tackle two and probably flip flopping all the way. I think Joe Alt's a safer pick, but I think Fashano is a really nice, really good athlete. And some teams might want to bet on kind of the physical tools and developing a guy. So they might, have Fashanu ahead, but uh, Alt definitely feels like the safer pick. But in this situation, Fashanu's there for the Jets. They can move Makai Becton over to right tackle, see if that thing works, and run it back with Aaron Rodgers and actually be able to protect him, unlike the other quarterbacks they did not protect this year. Uh, so I'll take Fashanu, number 10, and we will hit the double digit. Well, we'll get out of the top 10. Um, in a very interesting there's some interesting players, some really good, really interesting players still on the board.
0: Very much so, uh, but when you look at Minnesota, who has the the next pick on the board at 11, I think quezzy has been very patient uh, with you know having Kirk Cousins there, still trying to have a competitive team there, but still also trying to rebuild it, you know, add add the young or the influx of young talent. But he hasn't been able to find that quarterback. Obviously, Cousins now moves on. He's a free agent. Uh, They tried Nick Mullins. They tried Josh Dobbs. A lot of these things didn't go the way they hoped so. So now Quezzi finally says, and Kevin O'Connell say, it's time to get our franchise quarterback. They're going to take Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington, and then they will build around him and Justin Jefferson going forward. And I think that's going to be an exciting combination because you've seen what Penix did. Uh, with Rome, Adunes, Polk, McMillan, those guys up there in Washington. Now he gets the best wide receiver in the game in Justin Jefferson. And, you know, if Penix pans out the way we think he could, it could be a great success for the Minnesota Vikings moving forward.
1: It was a big year for Michael Penix to put back-to-back healthy years on yes. the board. Because that was so. the thing. Yeah, it's like we we knew he could play. Like, you know, you've seen even at Indiana, the kid could play and then he has, you know, multiple surgeries and stuff. So it's very fascinating to me to see where Penix does ultimately go because as long as you're okay with the medicals and you're not afraid of it, he's a first round talent to me. But, you know, some other people disagree, but, you know, it's really interesting. I I like that Justin Jefferson being there. Oh, yeah. And then you could, and it's a deep wide receiver class. So even if you wanted to add some, uh, some more in the second and third rounds. You could do that. Yeah. That's a very interesting one. I've, I like that one. I had him go to them when they were a little bit later, but yeah, man, that, that's a good point that they've never gotten their quarterback. Uh, and, and that's a really good, really good point to make when you're, when you're looking at it. All right. We got Denver on the board who's kind of in the same spot because they're going to move on from Russell Wilson. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Sean Payton because I liked Sean Payton a lot in New Orleans, but there's been a lot of like ego driven things that have happened since he went to Denver that I at least don't feel like I remember being a thing in New Orleans. And maybe that had to do with the fact that he had Drew Brees.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: like he didn't really have to worry about quarterback and like it didn't get him in that spot. But, uh, that's really, it's really been really fascinating. You know, they're talking about wide receiver is a big need edge is a big need. Um, it's, it's Sean Payton. I don't know what they do with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Like, do they move one of these guys? Do they cut them? Do they resign them? Do they extend them? You know, all of those things. Um, uh, I don't think they go quarterback here, but Roman Dunze is still there and some people have him right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. So yeah. for me, you're probably moving on from Jerry Judy in some way, shape or form this offseason. That's fine. Reset it. Get Rome. The dude can absolutely ball. He he can work at all. He play inside, outside work at all three levels. It's been really great. So I'll, I'll give Sean Payton a weapon. Cause even though I would prefer to add defense, cause that defense is really bad rushing the passer uh, outside of Nick Bonito, but I, as much as I would want to add that it's Sean Payton and there's a massive weapon on the board.
0: <laughs> so Vegas is up next. This team's so fascinating to watch cause The team wants, the players want Antonio Pierce. Uh, Mark Davis, we know he likes to go uh, hunting for big fish, especially with all the crop of coaches out there. When it comes to the draft, though, they have a ton of needs. They need a quarterback. I don't think they're going to go for it here. They're probably going to take one on day two. Um, So when you look, they need offensive line help, defensive line help. They need defensive backs. Let's go ahead and take the best player on the board here, Jacob. Cooper DeJean. Ah, uh, cornerback out of Iowa. I hope I said his last name right because I really haven't been looking at the top guys in the draft, but all too much yet. But a, a corner helps in the secondary. They need help on defense uh, behind Max Crosby, so we'll go ahead and take the best player here.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 he can play. I I don't know. I've heard Dejean and I've heard DeJean, so I'm not a hundred percent on which ones, uh, which ones up there because it depends on which person you listen to, right. Um, <laughs> But uh, he can play in the slot and he can play safety. He, he he played a little a little all over the place, outside, inside, deep. So if you've got a, a team that does not have much talent in any spot in the defensive backfield, that makes a lot of sense. So we'll we'll get to number fourteen, New Orleans Saints. This is easy for me. Um, you know, running it back with Dennis Allen, uh, Dallas Turner. I. I like Layatu, Latu a little bit better, but I'm hearing a lot of things about a lot of scared scared teams when it comes to the next situation because those are just nothing to ma- mess around with. It reminds you of Jalen Phillips a couple years ago. He had to medically retire. He had, ends up being away from football for a little bit, comes back. Latu was the most productive and prolific pass rusher in college football the last two seasons but he's got neck injuries and that's terrifying, but Dallas Turner is a freaky kind of player on the, on the line makes a lot of sense for a Dennis Allen defense. Uh, So I'll take Dallas Turner, the edge rusher from Alabama, uh, give him to Dennis Allen as that team tries to kind of figure things out with Derek Carr in year two in 2024.
0: And I, and the Colts are up next at pick 15 Uh, you know, they were so close to making the playoffs uh, you know, Anthony Richardson will be back next year. Let's help protect him a little bit better up front. Talise Fuaga, tackle Oregon State, helps solidify the left tackle position, uh, which currently Bernard Raymond currently holds that spot. But Fuaga is obviously going to be the long
1: term answer there going
0: forward at pick 15. Really, really athletic tackle. Yes.
1: And that's something that's really important in that Shane Steichen system, you know, rather they move him around, right? Left, right, whatever. He's played a little bit of both. So, you know, even, even if you start, well, you know, you could see a Tristan Wirth situation. They could put him at right for now because they feel comfortable at left. And then when it's time to move on, they move him over to left like Tristan Wirth. I don't know. You see one of those uh, either way though, These tackles, a lot of these tackles have played both sides. And that's really huge because you're just like, hey, I could use either one. (laughs) Like, we'll go from there. Uh, Seattle's on the clock at number 16. Another team that currently does not have a head coach. So you're kind of a little bit uh, uh, uneasy on that. Um, Seattle kind of their defense is kind of not where it used to be. Uh, Here's the thing that I think is interesting. I've heard some chatter that they will bring Dan Quinn back, but this time as the head coach, like, you know, he, he was there for the Legion of boom and all that and all the success they had, you know, several years ago, defensively. And, and if they do go that direction, Jared verse just screams Dan Quinn, the edge rusher from Florida state, uh, older prospect, but incredibly productive at Florida state. Um, 11 sacks this year, nine, nine sacks in 2022. He's a pass rush win rate of 21.8%. Uh, he's played a little bit of inside, uh, a little in mostly on the outside. And I also think he's one of the better uh, run defenders just because he's a bigger, uh, sturdier kind of uh, dif- defense man. Uh, my friend of the show, Kyle Lindeman, has him as his top edge rusher in the class. And uh, it makes a lot of sense for the kind of defensive tackles or defensive tackles. I'm sorry, pass rushers that Dan Quinn likes. So uh, I'm just assuming it's Dan Quinn uh, either way. There's a lot of talent. You could either go law to or Jared verse here at edge for 16. So I'll take Jared verse there uh, and, and add to the pass rush there in Seattle.
0: Jacksonville's up next. Uh, obviously they had a really bad ending to their season, uh, a collapse, and blew the AFC South, but they're they're always gonna be a contender with Trevor Lawrence there at quarterback. Uh let's go, we're gonna focus on defense here though. Uh let's shore up that secondary. Uh is it Terry on Arnold? It's Terry Arnold, yeah. Terry on Arnold. Uh good solid corner for the Crimson Tide, excellent in coverage, ever, excellent in run defense. Uh, I think he'll fit in that Jacksonville defense. And uh we're gonna pick him here at pick 17.
1: Most vers, one of the more versatile guys behind Cooper DeJean because he played uh, quite a bit in the slot as well. So yep. you can never get go wrong with hyper athletic and hyper versatile defensive backs.
0: <laughs> like, Without a doubt, man, I could just, it's a good fit.
1: Like you're like, oh, I could. I have a guy that sometimes can play slot, and he can sometimes play outside, and that means I can move this guy here. And it's like, oh, it's a chess piece. Listen, if the Bengals come on the clock at number eighteen and they don't draft, I'm gonna say it, they don't draft a fucking tackle. I swear to God, fix. I I like Orlando Brown. He's the most overrated left tackle in football. That's a whole different conversation. Very much. Draft a real right tackle from Alabama. JC Latham makes a ton of sense. JC Latham is so crazy on his tape. He has some tape that makes you think he's a top 5 number 1 tackle in a class. He has some tape like that final game of his college career, you know, the one they lost uh <laughs> in the playoffs where he was just absolutely awful. But yeah. overall, he is worlds better than anything that is protected the right side of Joe Burrow since he's been there. You gotta go. I I get it. Tight ends. There's some tight ends. There's some defensive guys. They they've got some other needs, but tackles a massive need. So I'll take JC Latham. And finally, hopefully Joe Burrow stays somewhat protected.
0: So we got the Rams up here. Next pick 19. Uh, this is like, I feel like the first time forever that they've had, a the L.A.'s had a first round pick. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, less needs motto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're in an interesting spot here because everything they need is right in front of them on the board. They need defensive line help, they need secondary help. Uh, they offensive line they could use a, an upgrade. We might as well stay right in the city of angels and take Latu and just help bolster that defensive line and just make things a little easier for Aaron Donald in the twilight of his career.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and if you feel comfortable with Latu's medical, getting him at nineteen is criminal. Like I, I mean, I wanted to pull up his like his last two years. He had fifteen sacks and twelve sacks. A pass rush run rate this year of twenty five point six. True pass rush, uh, two true pass set, pass rush grade of a ninety four point eight. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs>
0: like, and I mean, you're not
1: supposed
0: <laughs> the Rams being in LA they got to have some kind of insight on him like being right there in the same city
1: yeah and i would and and I, and I would go as far to say some of the probably the best doctors in the world are in LA so oh without uh, a doubt you're going to bring him in from a top for a top 30 visit or whatever and you'd be like yep yeah, yep yeah, i like he's okay i'm good with that uh number 20 Pittsburgh's on the clock. Pittsburgh's really weird because they need a linebacker more than anything. There are not, this is not the year to need an interior inside linebacker. Uh, day three's got some guys, uh, Jalen Ford from Texas is an interesting name. Some guys that are, that are out there day two and day three, like third, fourth, fifth round. Um, they could use a center. I don't really think there's any centers that are good enough to go Uh but you come back to defensive back, and you say Joey, Joey Porter Jr. is playing pretty well. Kind of came on. Mika Fitzpatrick's getting up there a little bit age-wise. He's starting to. He's still playing at a really high level. Um, the other Alabama cor- corner, Kool Aid McKinstry, he makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think opposite uh, Joey Porter Jr., you can put yourself in a position. Uh, you know, he's he's allowed three touchdowns in three years at Alabama. Um, <laughs> It's like, he's not a huge interception guy. I think that's completely overblown. He allowed 48.7% completion this year. Uh, he can play. He's a bigger, more physical guy, plays really well in the run game, kind of smash mouth kind of guy. He's, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler in my mind, Cooley McKinstry is. So I'll take the Alabama corner here at number 20. Um, as we're now into the playoff teams, a couple of picks into the playoff teams where the order may get changed up before too long.
0: So I got Miami here at pick 21. Uh, They're going to be an interesting team because two is up for an extension. You know, their defense got ravaged with injuries. I would go ahead and try to add to that defense up front. And we're going to go Chris Braswell edge out of Alabama, like, the status of their edge guys going into next year is kind of unknown. You look at their depth chart. Currently it's Zach Seiler, Emmanuel Ogba and Justin Houston, like Justin Houston's about to retire. Ogba has been around there for a while, but hasn't been very productive and they're just ravaged with injuries. Like they need help up front. So Braswell makes all the sense of the world here.
1: Didn't Ogba just like kind of fall off the map because like, I thought he had a good year last year. I was trying to get, I was petitioning, the browns to bring aug but back to cleveland and then like i realized that i was like thinking about it a couple of weeks ago and i'm like i haven't heard his name at all like no. and i wasn't sure if like he was hurt or whatever like he just kind of fell off like
0: yeah and he was having yeah, a good i'm with you he, he was having a good run down there and it just tapered off it was unfortunate
1: yeah, and i part of that was Jalen phillips playing really well i think yeah um, definitely the Eagles are so fascinating because I'm not sure, are they going to keep Nick Sariani? Are they not going to keep Nick Sariani? Like what's going on in there? Um, a lot of people are saying a lot of bad things on the internet about Jalen Hertz. Um, <laughs> and I'm not doing that. I'm not going into that water right now. That is not something I want to do uh, on this fine Thursday evening. Um, and wide receivers is interesting um, just because they've got two really good ones You know, A.J. Brown, that seems kind of weird. The A.J. Brown seems a little disgruntled right now. Um, I heard, like, my dad threw this out to me the other day. He's like, what if they fire Sirianni and they bring in Mike Vrabel? Like, that would be insane, by the way. Mike Vrabel in Philly. Doesn't he seem like a Philly coach to you? Like Very much so. He's like a tough, hard-nosed kind of guy. And it's like, oh, you know. Um, They're another team that needs a linebacker. Not really a lot of things going on in that. And uh, here's the thing. Brian Thomas is still on the board here. The other wide receiver from LSU. And as much as I'm like, yeah, I think they've got good wide receivers. Someone like that falls into your lap here at 22. Uh, Cause you could go Troy Franklin from Oregon. Um, that's another one, but they've kind of got the speedy guy. Not that Brian Thomas can't fly. Cause he can too, but Troy Frank- Franklin's probably got more high end speed. Um, just some, you know, things it, six, four, two, what is that six four yeah that makes sense too six four two oh five not quite as big as aj brown but another aj brown style wide receiver and you can move devonta as much as i don't know that it's their biggest need i've now talked myself into brian thomas at 22 and <laughs> i will hear no other arguments <laughs> so you're on the you won't clock. get one for me <laughs> he's a great player
0: so pick 23 is here it's houston texans it's their final first round pick the browns have to give to them uh, after the sean watson trade And when I look at that offense and even though it tortured our souls last weekend, Jacob, (laughs) I can't help, but want to put my favorite player in this draft on the Houston Texans offense with Nico Collins, with Dalton Schultz. And of course with CJ Stroud at quarterback, I'm going Troy Franklin here, just seeing him, imagining him in that offense. It's just, I think it's a perfect fit. And i've loved franklin since last summer the first time i watched him and i was like was hoping he'd be like a brown second round pick but that's not gonna happen at this point so might as well take him to houston and let him uh, ball with cj stroud
1: not after the year he had (laughs) not at all like he might get into the second but he reminds me of like elijah moore in his class like i was like I thought like the Browns by the end of the class, Elijah Moore had tested so well. I was like, the Browns aren't going to get him unless they take him at 26. And and I was right. He felt that what the, the jets took him, I think the first or second pick of the second round. And and I think that's probably as far as Troy Franklin will probably fall. Yeah. Um, Cause I think he'll test out of his absolute mind.
0: Oh, without a question. Like I, I knew in last summer when I seen him, I was like, I would love to see him in orange and Brown, but there's no way this is going to happen. It, yeah. <laughs> And that's the case at this point.
1: You're like, oh, well, you know, Uh, Dallas is on the board here. Uh, Very interesting situation in Dallas. Um, They're going to keep Mike McCarthy, which um, kind of surprised me, but didn't surprise any of the Cowboys guys I talked to. They're like, yeah, Jerry talks a big talk. But then he's like, just remember that, like, he held on to Jason Garrett for over a decade and he he never really did anything. Right. (laughs) I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. That is a thing that, that, that recently in recent history happened. Um, I like Braylon Trice a ton, the edge rusher from Washington. Um, I think he's one of the better run defending edge, edge rushers. And um, I know it's not a major need for them, but I think he, he plays really well. He's a really good compliment. Com, com, I w- I think he would compliment, uh, Micah Parsons really, really well. Uh, I know they need safety help, and it kind of is where I lean. I kind of look at Cameron, Cameron Kitchens. I always, I always think his name is not Cameron because it's with a K, and so like I, I I'm like it's not, it's Cameron. Like I'm just like, no, you're you're just stupid. You don't know how to read. Um, <laughs> but in the end, I've talked myself into Braylon Trice because when you think you have enough pass rushers add another one. So Braylon Trice makes a very, very nice defensive line down there in Dallas um, makes it an even bigger strength for, for the Cowboys.
0: So green Bay's up here at pick 25. When I look at this team, they're set at skill position for quite a while. They could get a running back. They'll get that one on day two uh, to eventually replace Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, Who's going to be a free agent. But I look at the offensive line. They can solidify that here. Amarius Rims is ranked. Amarius Mims is ranked higher. But when I look at him, he's been hurt every year. Barely enough snaps. I'm going to go Jordan Morgan, uh, the tackle out of Arizona. uh, Solidify the left tackle spot that was once held by David Bakhtiari. They move on from him and they plug in Jordan Morgan as the
1: left tackle going forward jordan morgan uh tore up his knee and people were like i don't know really like when he's gonna come up and then he just was like superhuman when he came back and was just absolutely fantastic and you're like absolutely. oh okay. and it's like amarius mims too is a guy like you said he's been hurt all the time He hasn't. he's got like he's a really good athlete but it's just like
0: it's like win. 600 snaps in three years like that's not yeah. good i mean the yeah. talent's there obviously but
1: it's that's like, a risky pick yeah, it's 297, 385, and 121 are his snap totals.
0: Oh, so uh, about, about 600 snap. and some. Yeah. yeah.
1: About 600 and some in the last two years. Now, before that, he wasn't really a starter two year, uh, in 2021. So Fair. Yeah, was. that's fair. That one doesn't matter, but those last two do. Yeah. All of a sudden, Tampa Bay is feeling dangerous. And uh, good for Baker Mayfield. By
0: Absolutely. But,
1: They've got a really interesting offseason. They're going to, they'll re sign Baker Mayfield. And so this was a kind of a landing spot I loved Bo Nix for, just because I kind of thought that style of quarterback makes sense. He's a little bit more athletic than uh, Baker Mayfield, but Baker's got a little bit bigger of an arm than Bo Nix has. But so, like, but with that situation, you're like, okay, let's move past that. They're not going that way. They're good offensive line. Uh, Tight ends an interesting situation wide receiver might be a need because they have a free agent named Mike Evans, but he's in no way shape or form getting out of Tampa Bay unless he wants out of Tampa Bay, but him and Baker have figured things out in the back half of this year. So I don't think there's a reason he would want out. Um, But they could use a little bit of help on the off uh, offensive line, defensive line. I like Leonard Taylor a little bit. Jonah Ellis makes a ton of sense. The edge rusher from Utah. Um, let me, if I can, Switch over here. Sometimes I gotta go through here. Chop Robinson is kind of, you know what? Actually, Chop Robinson makes a ton of sense. Chop Robinson is fate kind of started to fall off the map all of a sudden because this is a guy that you're only betting on upside because he's, you know, three sacks, five sacks, two sacks, but he's just an absolute freak athlete, freak of nature. I only played 300 snaps for, for them this year, but um, Tampa Bay, I really like their ability to develop defensive players down there. Like, you know, uh, Todd Bowles is a fantastic defensive coordinator. If anybody could find a way did I say, yeah, Todd Bowles. Okay. Sorry. I was like, sometimes I say coaches names and I'm like, is that, is that where he's at? Yeah. Okay. Um, but chop Robinson, I think if there's anybody can figure it out, I think it's, it's Todd Bowles down there and chop Robinson is, is, sky's the limit for him at pass rusher. So I'll, I'll, I'll take him 26 to
0: the bucks. with Arizona at 27, their second, first round pick. They took Malik. You took Malik neighbors with them at four. So when I look at this, they need help on the back end of the secondary. Uh, we're going to go best player available here. Enos rake straw, junior corner out of Missouri. He'll haul that, that secondary out. Obviously they still got Buddha Baker. And, but the rest of that secondary, they got a guy, a bunch of guys that I've never heard of except control Clark. And that just tells you all I need to know about the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. That's one way to put it. Yeah. It becomes like a, such a weird situation with them just because all of a sudden they're picking almost at 30 with that second pick. And all of a sudden doesn't Houston look smart for trading their pick to the Arizona and not the Browns pick. Like, yeah, all of a sudden they were right. Anyway, uh, Kansas city better draft a wide receiver. Uh, That's all I know. So Kansas city's on the board here at 28 Uh, wide receiver is so crazy. I've watched Devontae Walker has gone up and down. Keon Coleman's gone up and down lad McConkey. I like a ton. Uh, You got to donate Ad Mitchell at at Texas. I love Xavier Leggett. Um, I think Xavier Leggett will be very similar to DK Metcalf, I think he will test off the absolute charts. He's got a rare blend of size and speed. Um, but I'm trying to, like, for me, it's who's the best wide receiver, I think, still on the board. And looking at my wide receiver rankings, um, it's probably Keon Coleman. Um, I would kind of lean a little bit Devontae Walker, but maybe a faster guy, but... In the end, I think the best guy still on the on the clock is Keon Coleman because of what he can do with that size. And I think he can really uh, make those big, tough, hard catches. Uh, had 11 touchdowns this year. And I think he would be a really nice target for uh, Patty Mahomes. So I'll take Keon Coleman here.
0: And Buffalo's up next at pick number 29. And... You know what? They are going – I'm going to go – I'm going to take a Marius Mims here. They're going to take the risk and because, you know, the, the talent is there. Obviously, people think he is majorly talented. Um, the injury risk is a concern, but Buffalo needs to uh, solidify that offensive line, keep Josh Hel- Allen as healthy as possible when he's not running around like crazy. So they take the chance with Mims here at pick 29 in the late
1: first. Pick 30 is Detroit. How cool is that? um like i'm happy for their
0: fans so much
1: i wanted to play them in the super bowl as a browns fan so bad just because it would have been like the ultimate like fan service super bowl where it's just like so many we're down for so many years and they both end up winning double digit games in the same year and i think that's just fantastic i really like adding a defensive interior guy here and i know i'm much much higher on uh Brandon Dorless than most. Um, it's between him and Byron Murphy for me, the Texas defensive tackle. But in the end, Brandon Dorless can do the inside, outside flexibility. And maybe teams don't think he should go here with four, only four sacks, two sacks uh last year, three sacks in 2021. But he plays both defensive end and um defensive tackle. 290, three 22 years old. Had nine pass deflections this year. Nine pass deflections for Oregon this year. Um, and I think his ability to go inside-out, he had ph- phenomenal run stuffer, occupies space and blocks. I'm really high on Brandon Dorliss. I'm sneaking him in. PFF hasn't ranked his 52th best prospect. I don't give a shit. I'm taking him at number 30. Brandon Dorliss, defensive tackle, defensive end from Oregon.
0: So San Francisco is up here at pick 31. Obviously, they're the projected NFC champions, uh, which they're the best team in maybe all of football at this point. They need offensive line help because it's just Trent Williams and a bunch of people. Uh, but they also need help in the secondary. So this is going to be a tough pick. But I am going to go with Kamari Lasiter, the corner out of Georgia.
1: Yeah. Anytime you are going defense and you've got an opportunity to take a Georgia bulldog. Yeah. You know, follow
0: the Howie Roseman uh, school of drafting draft the bulldog.
1: So he's like, I was like, Oh, is there another one this year for me? R- right. I was like, I should have done that when I had him on the clock. That's a missed <laughs> opportunity for me. <laughs> Uh, for if we I don't remember if I said this at the beginning of the show once we started recording we are going to do pick 33 for the Panthers and pick 55 for the Browns so that every team gets a pick so we're going to go past that in just a second Baltimore's on the clock Um, I think this has to I think this is a wide receiver Um, I think it's Devontae Walker he makes a ton of sense I know (laughs) I know I know as a Browns fan, it hurts really bad to say that, but could you imagine putting Walker on the outside with Zay Flowers doing the things that Zay Flowers does?
0: It's nasty.
1: Devontae Walker at a f- nearly 59% contested catch rate. Um, and it, not a ton of drops and 17 yards a catch two years ago, he had 24.8 yards a catch. So
0: Former Kent State Golden Flash, too.
1: There you go. There you go. That's right. Why did I forget about that? I am in uh, Mac territory. I don't know why I forgot about that. So, yeah, Devontae Walker, man, another wide receiver for for that uh, vertical passing attack from Todd Monk. And so, let's go. Let's go. You're back on the board. Uh, Carolina's first pick, the first pick of day two of the draft.
0: So, what do they need outside of Bryce Young? Everything. Everything. They need a big weapon for him. Yeah. We're gonna take Lade McConkie. A crimson tide thrown to a bulldog. That's gonna be a little awkward, but gotta get up and playmaker down there for sure.
1: Yeah, I I like McConkie a lot. Just he another guy that played injured for for Georgia this year. And I think things go a little bit different against Alabama. He was clearly out there just toughing it out, and it Mm -hmm. just did not go well for him. Um, So now we're going to just start taking best player available as we get to pick 55. So let me get ourselves caught up. I'm just taking whoever PFF has as the best player available. I know that's probably not how it's going to work, but like, I don't want to try to guess on who all these other picks are going to be.
0: Right. Arizona could take Bo Nix though, the way, the way, how you did it.
1: Yeah. It's not insane to think that they try to look at something. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that's insane at all.
0: They said Kyler's the guy, but they said Josh Rosen was the guy years ago. So we know how that shook out.
1: Hey, what do you think? So the Browns are looking for a defensive court or offensive coordinator. Would you hire Cliff Kingsbury?
0: <laughs> it's so funny because while we were recording, my buddy texted me and asked me the same question. I'm oh, open yeah. to it. I'm open to it. It's we obviously know like Cliff's run as head coach didn't work out the greatest, but we know he's a hell of an offensive game uh, play caller. Uh, but like I'm still like on the fence. Like, is Stefanski really gonna give up play calling? I think that's obviously the million dollar question. If he gives it up, then like any possibility is out there. I still tend to think they're gonna try to find a young assistant in the McVeigh Shanahan tree. That's what I'm hoping for at least. But if Stefanski's is willing to give up the play calling, Kingsbury's mm-hmm. at the top towards the top of the list for sure.
1: I I'm I'm currently leaning Tim Kelly just because he was Tim Kelly was Deshaun's OC in 19 and 20, and I yeah. think that the 2024 season. I know we said it about the 2023 season, but it lives and dies by Deshaun Watson in my mind. So, without question. So the Browns are on the clock, number 55. So as the guest, the floor is yours.
0: Ah, I'm honored that you letting me have this pick. So we know. The Browns you know the wide receiver room it, it's gonna there's gonna be some changes to it once again uh if they get some young high offensive mind in here to help expand the offense they need to get some more weapons you look at this list there's some good wide receivers on the board uh but when I watched Washington it was Roma Dunes it was Jalen Mcmillan who I wouldn't t- take here we're gonna go Jalen Polk Just because I think He, when I watched those guys, they were all like NFL ready. And I just think this guy, he's, he's pretty damn good himself. And I think he would really help this wide receiver room out immensely. Um, So that's how I would go here. Cause I honestly think Jacob, and I don't know if you disagree. I think it's wide receiver or if there's an offensive tackle there at the end of the second round, that's where I think they would go as well. But wide receiver
1: makes all the sense in the world with the pick currently. I will throw a curveball in there depending on how things fall. They might draft a running back too. I think that is a real possibility that they get to 55 and all the running backs are still on the board. And that's my dark horse, but I, I'm with you wide receiver, offensive line. Interestingly enough, I'm looking at the PFF mock draft simulator and the team that Jalen Polk is the most drafted by in these simulations is the Browns. I did not know that until just now. So there you go. That's our first round mock draft uh, going into the Panthers and uh, Browns in the second round. I'll recap it real quick. Marvin Harrison, number one. Caleb Williams goes number two to Washington. Drake May to the Patriots. Malik Neighbors to the Arizona Cardinals. Brock Bowers, number five. Jaden Daniels, quarterback from LSU, goes to the Giants. Joe Alt to the Titans. Nate Wiggins, the defensive back from Clemson, goes to the potentially Bill Belichick-led Falcons. Drison Newton. Uh, stays in the state of Illinois and just absolutely gets paired with Montez Sweat to make it just a terrifying duo. Uh, Oluf Shanu uh, protecting the blind side of Aaron Rodgers. Michael Penix being the quarterback of the future in Minnesota. Roma Dunze goes to the to the uh, Broncos at number 12. Cooper Dejean, the def- versatile defensive back from Iowa to the Raiders. Dallas Turner to the uh, Saints. Talese Fuwaga, Ful- uh, the Oregon. Oregon State tackle goes to the Colts. Jared Verse to the Seahawks. Ter- Terryon Arnold, the cornerback for the Jag- Jaguars. Uh, J.C. Latham, Latham finally gives Joe Burrow a right tackle. Uh, Layatu Latu goes to L.A. Cooley McIntyre The defensive back goes to Pittsburgh. Chris Braswell, the defensive end from Alabama, the other defensive end from Alabama, goes to Miami. Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, to the Eagles. Troy Franklin to the Texans. Braylon Trice, the edge rusher from Washington, to the Cowboys. Jordan Morgan, the left tackle from Arizona, goes to the Green Bay Packers. Chop Robinson to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 26. Uh, Enos Rakeshaw Jr., the defensive back from Missouri, goes to the Cardinals. Uh, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Florida State, to Kansas City. Amarius Mims, the right tackle from Georgia, to Buffalo. Uh, Brandon Dorless, the defensive end, defensive ta- tackle hybrid, goes to the Lions. Uh, Kamari Lassiter, the cornerback from Georgia, goes to the 49ers. Devontae's Walker to the uh, Ravens. Lad McConkey gives the gives Bryce Young a new weapon, and then Jalen Polk goes to the Browns. At number 55, that is the second version. Of the mock draft for the podcast. Uh, I wanted to thank you a ton, man, for coming on here. It was a really fun night. So, really quick, before I jump off here, tell everybody where they can find your stuff.
0: Well, I'm not currently on X, but you guys can follow me on there at McCurry 8 um, Pretty much any social media platform, Threads is where I'm at most of the time right now. Just anything, it's at McCurry 8 uh, The Dogland Podcast, of course, wherever you guys get your podcasts. And I don't know if it's going to be weekly, bi-weekly, but I am doing mock drafts over at Dogs by Nature. Big shout out to uh, Jared Mueller for the opportunity. So catch my Browns mock drafts over there. And Jacob, thanks so much for having me on, man. Um, Always enjoy doing content with you and hope to uh, do this again sometime.
1: Hey, man, I'm going to start firing these things up like two, three times a week. So I'm going to need help. Uh, So like I will definitely link up, do some more stuff. Uh, Guys, thank you so much. Again, if you want to support the channel uh, to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash draft film room and check it out there. But until, until next time, I don't really have a sign off, but here's some music. Oh, apparently there's not very much music. Hold on.